Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we'll try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Um, so before we get into today's podcast, again, we just want to continue to give some thanks to some listeners here around the world. Um, so we have listeners from the Netherlands, which is awesome. Um, so if you're listening from the Netherlands, I think that's uh, specifically North Holland. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, also Jamaica. That's cool too. I think, uh, I have a buddy of mine I went to school with and his family, uh, that might be Duke and some members from Jamaica. So, uh, we're so grateful that you guys are listening and, uh, we hope that we continue to learn and grow with y'all there in Jamaica. And then also from, um, Botswana. I also went to uh preaching school with a guy in Botswana, uh, that might be LT. So shout out to LT if he's listening, uh, appreciate Botswana listening as well. It's so great to see, you know, it, it's, it's so wonderful to see the seed going out. You know, you, you just never think um, that what you're doing is having an impact because you can't technically see it. Um, but to see these uh, analytics and to see, uh, you know, different nations listening and, and we're learning and growing together, which it's just, it's incredible. So uh, thank you guys for listening uh, as well. And as, and again, as we continue to, uh, to study and, and do these podcasts each week, we'll uh, we'll kind of shout out a different uh, different nation listening or a different state or county or whatever it is. So uh, we just want to keep growing and, and studying together, right? So I appreciate all of you guys listening. Okay, so for today's podcast, uh, we want to talk about the topic: Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now let's kind of introduce it this way have you ever put limits on yourself you know like just in your normal walk of life have you ever put limits on yourself so have you ever said um phrases like well this this is just too hard or i i can't i can't complete this task i can't do this or maybe you've said to yourself i you know i just don't think i'm i don't think i'm smart enough for this uh, you might have said, well, I just don't think I'm worthy enough for this. Or, you know, I just don't think I'm I'm ready for this. Right. And then you you settle for less. Right. So for something that you know that you should push towards, you become so afraid of pushing towards that, that you limit yourself and then you settle for less than what you need. Right. And so don't we do the same thing with God, though? I think sometimes and myself included. I think sometimes we limit in our own minds what the Lord can do because it's too hard for me. Oh, it's got to be too hard for the Lord or because it's impossible for me. I mean, there's no way the Lord can. I, I just don't. Have you ever said this? I just don't see. I, I don't see how this is going to work out. I just don't see anything working. I don't see it. Well, sometimes we put those limits on the Lord just like we put limits on ourselves. And so, you know, when you think about your your prayer life for a second, you know, have you ever said, well, God, I just don't know if you I don't think you understand or God, I just don't think you understand or know what I'm dealing with or Lord, this is just too difficult. Right. Are we putting limits on God like we put limits on ourselves? And so this is where our our topic for today comes in. Is anything too hard? For the Lord, 
And I think as we study today, we're going to we're going to try to answer that question. But before we can answer the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? There are some things about God as Christian people that we need to understand about God before we can answer that question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? All right. So, again, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we do here. We're so glad you're here to study with us. So uh, let's open up our Bible. So bring out your tablet, bring up your physical Bible, your phone. Um, or if you're listening, look at these verses again. You know, I never want you guys to take my word for it or just trust me just because I'm a preacher. You know, I want you guys to look this text up, look these verses up and study for yourself. That's the great thing about studying the scriptures. OK, so let's open up our Bibles here. Um, let's go to Luke chapter eight, but keep your finger in there before uh, we get there. We're going to kind of introduce this here. So go on and start turning to Luke chapter eight and let's, let's kind of introduce what we're talking about here. So to understand this question is anything too hard for the Lord. We need to understand God's ability, right? That's the first thing you and I have to understand God's ability. Well, what do you mean? So you need to understand who God is guys. Okay, so God is three things. All right. So if you're taking notes, I'll, I'll kind of repeat this because they're kind of they're kind of weird words we don't really use today. But God is three things. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. And God is omniscient. Right. God is omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And he's omniscient. Well, what does that mean when it says that God is omnipresent? That word omnipresent means to be everywhere at all times. So God is everywhere. God is God knows all. And so God is also omnipotent, meaning he's all powerful, meaning God, there is nothing on this earth that is more powerful than him. So not only is he omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere, not only is he omnipotent, meaning that he's all powerful but he's also omniscient. And that word is kind of special. That word omniscient means to have complete or unlimited knowledge about everything. So think about how all these three words use one word in common. It's little, but he uses all words in common. The word all, he is all knowing. He has complete or all or unlimited knowledge. He is everywhere at all time. God is all. He's everything. So this is what you and I need to understand about him. We need to understand that he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, and he's omniscient. So think about this. In Genesis 1-1, how does that start? It says, in the beginning, what's the next word? God. You know, at the school of preaching, we spent two weeks on verse one of Genesis one, two weeks, because we needed to understand. And it was just so amazing to see the instructors pull so much out from one verse. Right. In the beginning, the omnipresent one in the beginning, the omnipotent one in the beginning, the omniscient one, the all knowing one, the complete one, the perfect one in the beginning. It was just him. And it's so hard to wrap your mind around that, isn't it? In the beginning, there was God. And God created all things. And so 
we need to understand that God has knowledge and God has power over all things that seem to power us here. So this is one thing we need to understand, right? We need to understand God's power and God's ability. Okay. And so let's, let's look at this really quick here. So God has power over nature. Look at Luke chapter eight, what we turned to earlier. And let's look at verses 22 through 25. Now here, Jesus is with the apostles there and they're on a boat in the sea. But notice what happens here in Luke chapter eight, uh, verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went to a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over on the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. And as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water, with water and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him and said, Master, we perish. Then he arose, he rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. So think about think about the concept here. Remember, God is everything, and Jesus is God, right? So think about God has power over nature. Think about the disciples here. All the disciples can see is just what's around them. And what did they see? They saw the raging water. They saw the seas. They, they, they saw the wind. They saw everything. But notice, where was Christ? Christ was sleeping. I always want, why do you think Christ was so calm during this storm? Because here's, here's something that I've learned, that when you're confident, you're calm. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? When you're confident about something, there's no reason for you to be all excited about something. When you're confident that you can handle something, you're calm about it. And Jesus, being God, being omnipresent, being omnipotent, and being omniscient, God understood something the apostles didn't. God said, peace be still. I control this. And so God has power over nature, Luke chapter 8, right? God also has power over death right? Uh, just write this in your notes here. But in John chapter 11, verses 38 through 44, remember when Lazarus died and then God told Lazarus to rise and Lazarus rose from the dead. So not only does he have power over nature, not only does he have power over death, remember he also has power over sickness, right? Luke chapter 17, remember with the 10 lepers, when Jesus healed those lepers, power over sickness. Now, Here's something we need to understand that we're building our foundation here. Okay. Sometimes when we study the Bible, you can't just, you can't just go into the point. You have to build your foundation in order to answer your original question. So what we're doing right now, we're building, we're understanding who God is. And so think about this, every aspect of the human experience of life, death, sickness, Suffering, pain, betrayal, hurt, crying, fear, every single experience that the human can feel in life. Because Jesus lived as we did and he was God, God has power over all. So anything that you and I could experience God is more powerful than what we feel.
than what we experience. And it's just, it's, it's like icing on the cake to know that God really understands what it feels like because Jesus was God, according to Hebrews, right? He was our mediator. And so now let's answer this question. If every aspect of the human experience of life, if God is all powerful over everything, if God is everywhere, and if God is all knowing about everything that we can experience, think about this. Let's go to our original question. Now that we know all of this, is anything too hard for him? Is anything too hard for him? Now, now let's, let's take a little sidebar here. Think about the confidence that God has when he says that. Is anything too hard for me? You know, just a quick example here. The best feeling in one of the best feelings in the world. Um, I can't speak. I can only speak for me as a guy. But one of the best feelings in the world to a guy, at least to me, is kind of in the sports sports realm. When you're challenged, right? And when someone says, I can beat you in whatever, right? Whatever, whatever it is. And you know that no matter how hard they work, no matter how hard they practice, no matter how hard they play you, that there's nothing that you can do to beat me. There's absolutely nothing you can do. That is one of the best because you have confidence that no matter what you do, it's, it's light work to me. It might be hard for you, but it's easy for me. And that can go with anything. When you have, when you have a certain type of confidence about something, that no matter what you do, I'm going to come just a little bit harder. Right? I'm going to bring just a little bit more than you bring. Now, here's think about the confidence that God has. When God says, is anything too hard for me? Guess what God already understands? I'm omnipresent. I'm omniscient. I'm omnipotent. It might be hard for you, but is anything too hard for me? No, sir. Well, let's look at this example. Look at Genesis chapter 18. This is awesome. Genesis chapter 18. And let's look at verses 11 through 14. And this is where this question comes from. Um, yes, Genesis 18, uh, verse 11 through 14. Now, let's set this up. Now, remember, you have Abram and Sarai at this time, right? Or at this time, he's Abraham and Sarah now. So at this time, they're both older and they both don't have the ability physically to have children. That's a that's a crazy situation, right? That's hard. But God said in Genesis 12 that you would have a son. So now what do I do? Now let's break this down. Let's look at the situation. Look at verse 11 of, of chapter 18 of Genesis. Here's the situation. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. What else were they? They were well-stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So look at the impossible situation that they find themselves in. God says you're going to have a son in Genesis 12. Then Genesis 18, now it tells us the situation. They're old. They're very well stricken in age. 
and it it went past the time for Sarah to have a child physically. Time has already passed. So then this is what you and I do. We do the same thing Sarah did. When we see our specific situation in life, it might not be this, but let's say, let's say you can't have a child, right? Let's say you've been trying and nothing's happening. You only look at the failures, don't you? Right. You can put any situation there. What you're going through, what Abraham and Sarah went through, what we do is we magnify the failures and we magnify what's went wrong up to this point, because that's all we know. Right. All we know is what we see. So then this is what we do now in verse 12. Therefore, well, what's the therefore, therefore? Because in verse number 11, we understand their situation. So therefore, since Sarah understands how bad her situation is, what did Sarah do? Then Sarah laughed. (laughs) Uh, This is what we do, y'all. When we're in a situation, when when it seems like it's destined to fail, okay? And we're talking spiritually here, right? Physically as well. But when we're in a situation when it, when it seems destined to fail, you know that you have lost the mental edge when you magnify the situation like they did in verse 11. And then number two, when you start laughing, you see, when you laugh, then you've given up hope. Therefore, what did Sarah do? Sarah laughed within herself. Why do you think she did that? Why do you think she laughed? You ever ask yourself that? I think she laughed because she knew how impossible this was. You see, we laugh at things that we don't think is going to happen. So we, we laugh at them. And that's what Sarah did. She laughed within herself. And she said, now she brings up her situation again. I'm waxed old. Shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord, verse 13, said unto Abram, why did Sarah laugh? saying, shall I of a surety bear a child when I'm old? So notice he tells Abraham, why did your wife laugh? Because remember in Genesis 12, who did God make the promise to? To Abram. And so then he looked at the husband and said, why did your wife doubt? Here's a, here's a quick um, sidebar here. Um, in terms of marriage. When the Lord gives commands, husbands, it is our job to make sure that our wives are confident in the Lord's commands too. Because notice, when Sarah laughed within herself, God didn't ask Sarah why she laughed. God asked Abraham, why did your wife laugh? Did you put confidence in your wife of what I told you in Genesis 12? You see, everything always comes back to us because we we are born to lead. That's our God-given role. And so when things start happening within the family, even if your wife does do certain things, who is the Lord looking at? Looking at me. He's looking at you. And so what do you do with Abram here? He said, why did your wife laugh? Didn't I give you the promise? I gave it to you, right? 
So then now here's our question, verse 14. Now, since both of you know this, is anything too hard for the Lord? No, nothing is too hard for God. But what happens is we do just like Sarah, we make it hard. So we magnify the situation. And then when a solution comes up, then we laugh at it. Well, wait a second. God says, why are you laughing when I have confidence? Why are you laughing when I have confidence? See, we need to understand who the Lord is in order to understand this question. God is everything. God is all knowing. God is all powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. But in our minds, because it's hard for us, we assume it's hard for God. No, it's not. It's not. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So first we, we understood. So we, I think we see now that we understand God's ability. Now, number two, let's transition here. So let's keep building this foundation. Not only do we understand God's ability, but then we understand or we need to understand that the problem is never bigger than God. The problem is never bigger than God. We got a glimpse of that in Genesis 18, right? So we can get to a point in our spiritual walk where when we go through anything in this life, we elevate the problem and the issues more than what God can do for us. So think about this for a second. And I think, and this is just, this is my personal opinion. I think we've forgotten that nothing is too hard for the Lord. I think so many times when, when you look on your Facebook page, right? When you look at, um, you know, your, your Christian friends of what they're saying about the things going on in the world right now, so many of us are magnifying the problems rather than instilling confidence in us that nothing's too hard for the Lord. So when you magnify the problem, then once solution starts coming on the table, then you laugh at the solutions because the problem is more serious to you than the solution is. So then when God asks us, is anything too hard for the Lord? We'll do just like Sarah did in Genesis 18. We'll laugh. We'll laugh. And so here's what we need to understand. None of your current, none of your past, and none of your future problems will ever be bigger than God. None of your current, none of your past, and none of your future problems will ever be bigger than the Lord. Ever. But guess what Satan wants us to understand? Satan wants us to magnify the problem more than having faith. Why do you think the book of Job is written? What was Job or what was Satan trying to get Job to understand? God's left you. That hedge, he's not here anymore. I'm here. What I bring is here. My problems are here. My issues I'm putting on you are here. Satan's main job, and he is so good at this. His main job is to get you and I to, number one, keep our focus off God 
And then the, the, the best thing that Satan can do to hurt a Christian is to get that Christian to doubt. If I can get him to doubt that God is here, if I can get him to doubt that God doesn't care about him anymore, if I can get him to doubt that the Lord doesn't care about his problems, I've got him. You know, I heard a phrase a long time ago that if you give the devil an inch, he'll be a ruler. That's very true. Satan's main job is to get you to doubt the command of God. He did it in Genesis. He tried to do it in Matthew 4 with Christ, but Christ said it is written. He got he got Peter. He tried to get so many people. But Satan wants you to doubt. He wants you to doubt that this problem, this situation, it's too hard for God. God can't fix it. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. God can't help you. It doesn't matter how much you study the word. God can't help you. It doesn't matter how much you try to live a discipline and try to be the best person you can. It doesn't matter what you do. God can't help you in your situation. So you might as well do what you want to do. He's so good at that. But God wants us to look at him. And God wants us to say, nothing's too hard for you. Look at this real quick. Go to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. And this is another instance of um, of asking, is anything too hard for the Lord? This one's a really great text here. So here, a lot happens here in Jeremiah 32. So at the beginning of the chapter, Jeremiah is in prison by Zedekiah. Then later on, then now the children of Israel, because of what they decided to do in terms of idolatry and, and, and going with all these other nations, Israel was going to be uh, taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and the upcoming Babylon, right? So now you have this, this problem where not only is Jeremiah in prison, but now the Lord says that the nation is going to be uh, taken captive just like he is. It, this is. This is a lot to take in. And so now look at what God tells Jeremiah here. He gives him confidence. Look at verse number uh, uh, verse 26 and 27. So after all this, then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, sir. You see, here's, and we need to understand this on both sides of the spectrum. Well, what do I mean by that? When things are good, nothing's too hard for God. But when it seems like all is failing, still nothing is too hard for him. So whether it's your personal life, whether it's how the nation is going, we need to start putting confidence in one another that as bad as thing as things get, nothing is too hard for him. I mean, the nation here, God's people were about to be taken captive here. And the last thing God tells Jeremiah is, I'm the God of all flesh. Nothing's too hard for me. He's instilling that confidence in Jeremiah again. 
And so he's doing the, he'll do the same thing for us too. And so no matter where you are in life or where you'll be or what you've come out of, nothing is too hard for him. So now let's kind of put a bow on this foundational house here. So we understand God's ability. Now we understand that the problem is never bigger than God. Now, here's what, here's the last thing that we need to get in order. Let's see. How do I phrase this? God has already done his part, meaning he is all knowing, all powerful, has unlimited knowledge. God is always bigger than the problem, but he needs something from us. We need to understand that we need faith. We need to understand that we need faith. Go to Luke chapter 8. So let's go back to this text here. Luke chapter 8. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There we go. Luke chapter 8. And look at verse 25. Now, remember, we, we looked at this before. We stopped at verse 24, and I did that on purpose. Jesus calmed the waters, right? So now this is something we need to understand. God already knows that he is all powerful. God already knows that he's all knowing. God already knows that he's all present. But do you know that? Do you know that God is all powerful? In whatever situation you find yourself in, do you know that God is all knowing? And do you know that God is all present? See, he already knows that he has, God has the utmost confidence in himself. But do you have confidence in him? See, this is, this is where the problem happens. And this is why he had to ask his question in Genesis 18. Is anything too hard for me? Because he understands nothing is. But you and I need to understand that nothing is. That's the hard part. So now, in Luke chapter 8, verse 25, now notice what happens here. So after Jesus calms the storms and he said, peace be still, Notice the question that he asked the disciples. And he said unto them, where is your faith? See, now here's the concept here. The disciples, Jesus wanted them to understand. You need to have confidence in who's with you on the boat. So no matter what can happen, I mean, the, the lake could be burning with fire. But I'm omnipresent. I'm omnipotent. I'm omniscient. So in a sense, in Luke 8, God is saying, I don't care what's happening around you. It really doesn't matter to me. All I need from you is for you to have confidence and who I am. Isn't that what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says? Isn't why the Hebrews writer tells us that we have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? God wants us to have the same confidence that he already has in himself. God wants us to trust him. That's why he asked the question in verse 25. You know I'm here. So where is your faith? 
So God is asking me and God is asking you the same question. You know, I'm here. You know, I'm in a, you know, I see what's happening in America. You know, I know what's going on in your life. You know, I know that. So therefore, since you know, I know that, where's your faith in me that I know that? You need to have faith. And what is faith according to Hebrews chapter 11, 1, 11 verse 1? Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So then how do I get more faith? See, faith is not a magical feeling. Faith is not an experience. Faith is not what you feel. Faith is not what someone else tells you. Faith is Romans 10, 17. Look that up. Now, faith, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So then how do I get more faith? So then faith, a la Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So how do you get faith? Faith is not what you feel. Faith is what you study. You want more faith? Have you been praying for more faith? Read, study. According to Romans chapter 10, 17, that's what God said. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, here's the final question that we need to ask. Is it possible that we have lost faith in the Lord? Is it possible that we've lost faith in him? What I hope that this podcast has done for me first and for yourself is to instill that confidence in you again that nothing's too hard for the Lord. And no matter what happens nation, you know, in our nation, no matter what happens to you physically, no matter what can happen to you, nothing's too hard for the Lord. So let's stop magnifying the problems. Let's start looking at the solution. And who is the solution? In the beginning, the all-present one, the all-knowing one, and the all-complete one. All-powerful, everywhere, God. Let's start going back to the solution rather than magnifying the problem. I really hope this podcast helped. This was such a wonderful study. And this, this is, I love that chapter in Genesis chapter 18. And I just saw the one in Jeremiah 32 as I was looking at that today. That, that's great too. But I hope that you guys can look at these texts again, read them for yourselves. You know, here's the thing. When you ever listen to any, and this is my advice, whenever you listen to anyone, you know, I don't care how popular the dude is. I don't care how many followers he has. I don't care how many um, arenas or church buildings this guy can pack. You need to open up the Bible for yourself and you need to study for yourself. And that's what the goal of this podcast is. We want you guys to study for yourself. Right. And this is this is so wonderful that we have this avenue. And I appreciate you all so much. And I hope to continue to study with you and grow with you and learn with you as we open up the scriptures and learn and grow our faith together. Thanks, guys.